Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hendley. Episode 23, A Journey to 10,000 Drawings, with artist and illustrator Jennifer L. Meyer. So I hope you're all doing well. I hope the uh, the pandemic that uh, we're all experiencing globally hasn't impacted your life too, too much. I'm going to talk about it really briefly. Just from a creative perspective, there's so much information available online and from your local public health authorities. And so I would recommend to, to reach out to them uh, through their uh, social media and websites and ensure that you're ga- gathering the most uh, uh, current and accurate information when looking at what to do. Uh, obviously, social distancing is important, and I trust that you are uh, respecting that and staying home and staying isolated and ensuring that uh, you're there to support uh, your family, your neighbors, and ensuring that uh, you reach out to people that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while just to make sure everyone's doing okay. FaceTime and Google Hangouts and all of that can be such a help. And I think that uh, as a creative, there may be this uh, pressure that you may end up putting on yourself that you feel that you need to do something unique because now you're at home and you may be working at home or you may not be. But I don't want you to feel that you need to pressure yourself into a new project, that you need to to pressure yourself into doing something. Uh, Because I'm not sure that some of us need that additional stress. If you can, I think that's great. And I would recommend maybe not necessarily a new project, but maybe learning a new medium, a new skill. There are some excellent opportunities with uh, Skillshare and a bunch of the other platforms out there. Uh, There's a whack of YouTube videos. If you look back in the previous episodes, I've had some really great artists talking about some of the work that they do and some of the courses they offer. And so I'd recommend taking that journey. I I just worry that uh, we will feel that we need to do these big things, these big projects. And I'm noticing it with myself. I've got to be careful because I am working from home in my full-time job. I'm trying to be a supportive creative as well. And it can be challenging because if you feel you have to do much more, and I don't think that's the case. I think we need to be supportive. I think being uh, being there, being present for the other creators who are really, and some of them are really challenged right now because they're looking at the revenue streams may have just ended at this point just because of what's happening with the pandemic. So I think when we're supporting others, it's not just... Uh, the likes and the comments, but if you if you have access to an artist and you want to purchase a course they've done or purchase some artwork they've done, please go ahead and do that. So many of them are relying on us to help support them through this, and uh, I think there's so much we can do. A lot of creatives are doing these live draws, which I'll talk about in a minute, and I think that's a great opportunity to, for people to be able to reach out and support one another. And so, you know, this is not going to end soon. This pandemic is going to extend for some period of time. I do work at a research hospital and not directly tied to patients, but it has has obviously had a huge impact. And I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to talk about that end of it, except to say, you know, we need to be comfortable with this. We need to be comfortable with ourselves. If we need help, if we're experiencing issues, we need to reach out and get support either through friends and family or through um, uh, organizations and mental health units that are in our area. And so I would encourage you, don't be shy about that. I mean, we're some of us are running on adrenaline at this point, 
And I think, you know, once this becomes a new normal, that's when people will start to really be looking to those mental health resources. And so I would encourage you to do that and take care of yourself, please. Um, I'm going to be focusing on positivity for the rest of the podcast. And I just wanted to say that. And I wanted to know, I wanted you to know that I'm going to continue doing the podcast. I'm going to continue uh, being present on social media. And I'm hopeful that you'll join me for some of that. And I am really excited about all that you're doing, all that you're creating. And I hope you will uh, join me as we continue on this uh, creative journey. So I've added a new uh, tab to the drawinginspiration.fm website. Uh, request to guest is what I've called it. And so I've put that there in case you or you may know someone who would want to come onto the show and talk about their creative journey, their skills, providing some advice and inspiration. And just simply fill out the form, uh, submit it. I'll take a look at it and we'll see if we can slot people in. I've had a few people request to be on the show and uh, this is a way for me to, to gather it in a bit of a different format. And uh, so I do look forward to, uh, to hearing what you have to say, who, hearing who you uh, recommend. And uh, if you're a creative yourself, um, I'd love to, uh, to have you on the show to talk about what you're working on. So some of the drawings I've done recently, since the, uh, the last episode, I did a cardinal, uh, just a graphite drawing. It was super quick, um, but you know, I love drawing birds. I think it's my default now is go back to birds. I did a few Procreate sketches. I did uh, two bugs and two people. These were just really quick with a uh, pencil and Procreate. And because of the, uh, the fantastic kind of iPad and pencil and Procreate combination, we were able to do those, those really thin lines and then lie the pencil at an angle and get more of a, uh, almost like working with a, a normal pencil, getting that kind of shading ability. And so that's what I was playing with. It wasn't anything big. It was a couple of bugs and a couple of people. But it was an opportunity to just kind of doodle. And once again, I like to post that kind of stuff. So the other thing I've done is a few uh, live draws. And so I've done these on Instagram. And uh, it's been quite positive. A lot of uh, great feedback. So what I do is I set up my phone and I draw and I chat at the same time. If I have questions, I will answer the questions as well. And uh, so I did work on a cockatiel, which I finished. Uh, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And. <laughs> I did an orange, and I misinterpreted uh, this orange challenge. So uh, Tiff Arment, who was on a previous episode, I'll link to it in the show notes as well, um, tagged me in this orange, drawn orange challenge. And so I misinterpreted it because it was, I, I thought it was one of these draw in your own style. And it is, but I interpreted it to be, well, I've got to do it in graphite because that's what I'm working on right now. But the intent was you're supposed to draw it with your finger in the story. So I messed up. But uh, in the end, I ended up drawing a, a, it was a clementine that I had peeled and just laid on my desk. It was my first time drawing fruit. And so, you know, great. That's cool. I, uh, I like to be challenged. And that was an a interesting exercise when I'm not drawing fur or feathers, that I'm doing uh, the flesh of an orange. So it was, uh, it was cool. I, um, I'm glad to, to have done it. I'm glad I messed up because uh, that was a, a good exploration for me. And so the one I'm working on right now, I'm not quite finished yet, is a, a spider. It's a jumping spider. And this was an interesting, I'm going to tell you a bit of story with this, because I was able to find the image online, and uh, it was a kind of a free, free use uh, image. And I started drawing this, and I started thinking, I need to, there's somebody I know who can help me with this. And I don't mean uh, creatively. But this individual has a really great knowledge of 
um, of spiders, of insects. And we had touched base a few times in the past, just around monarch butterflies and that kind of thing. So I thought I would reach out to her on uh, Sunday, I guess it would be Sunday the 22nd, and uh, I was going to go live and do some more work on the spider, so I reached out about an hour, an hour and a half before I went on and said, you know, hey, do you want to come on and chat spider as well I draw? And she said, sure. So um, Issa Bentoncourt uh, joined me on my Instagram live, and it was great, uh, because she was there, and you could see her speaking. She had her uh, pet tarantula, and she had two other spiders. These are at home. Because <laughs> I think as an entomologist, you probably have some of your work at home with you. And it was a, such a great experience because I was drawing this jumping spider and I was asking her questions about the parts I was drawing and what I was doing. And so she was answering those. People were asking questions of both my work as well as um, Issa's work in uh, understanding spiders. And I learned so much. And I thought this kind of collaboration was great this idea of kind of science meets art that it was such an entertaining experience not just for the people watching but for me and for isa as well and so i think based on that we've talked about uh, even doing another one in the future and there may be some other opportunities i'm going to pursue with this i think this is a really great opportunity for us to connect science and art and as uh, isa uh, coined it uh, sci art is really what we're doing and so i really um, i really enjoyed that i hope you uh, you probably won't be able to check it out at this point because it's it's a story within Instagram that's going to, uh, uh, I guess, disappear after 24 hours. But we will be doing more. I will be doing more live drawing. I'm trying to take those opportunities when I've been drawing at work at lunch to draw at home at lunch. And so I will be doing multiple live drawings over the coming days and weeks. And I'm hopeful that you can join me on Instagram. And I'll include a link in the show notes for that. But I'm hopeful you can join me there and we can uh, we can chat while I draw and uh, we can all kind of be in this together. So I think now we'll head into the interview with my guest. I really enjoyed this. This was so much fun. I've been trying to get her on uh, the podcast for some time. and She's so, so busy. So I really appreciated her putting the time aside and uh, to come on and talk about her work, her journey. And uh, this was this was great. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And uh, this is a really uh, special interview, so uh, let's jump right into it. I discovered my guest this week on Twitter when I stumbled across her depictions of places of wonder and delight, in many cases involving bunnies. She has won numerous awards for her wonderful illustrations, which serve to inspire both young and old. Her art has been featured on the covers of comics, chapter books, graphic novels, portrait drawings, and children magazine illustration. Her clients include Scholastic, Harper Festival, Disney, Dark Horse Comics, and Fisher-Price Macmillan. To talk about her creative journey and her art and maybe some bunnies, I welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast, Jennifer L. Meyer. How are you, Jennifer? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're able to come on. I've been following you for such a long time, and I love your posts. And even now, when we've got these challenges around the world dealing with the pandemic, it's just so wonderful to see your posts. They're always so cheerful. And I, I know a lot of your work is intended for kids, but man, there's so many of us that love it. <laughs> and I mean, uh, I just turned 53 and I just, I think it's just wonderful. I, I'm so glad that you keep sharing it. Uh, that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, like, I, you know, I look at your work and I, I do a lot of realism and I really want to be 
better as an artist and I look at your work and I think I really wish I could do what Jennifer does. And I I've tried and it's so unique and so I want to kind of walk through that journey with you as to you know where you started, where you are right now, where you're thinking of going and maybe some of the pieces you've worked on as well. So when we go back in time, like did you draw a lot as a kid? Was that something that was always part of what you do? Yes, yes it was. <laughs> From I can remember back to elementary school doing it, and I always had um, extra classes after school I just did for fun. And was there was there an inspiration or a topic, or is there like animals that you liked to draw at the time, or were you inspired by comics? Like, what was it that was you were drawing at that young age, if you can remember? It it was animals. I remember drawing a lot of cats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the first things I did was an ink of a leopard, and I believe there was a cat drawing book. It was just like how to draw cats with different circles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I think you've moved well beyond that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so did you did you stick with drawing as you went through you know elementary into high school? And that was that always part of what you were what you did? Yes, yes, it was. I actually went to. Um, I believe some college courses when I was in junior high, and then uh, I majored heavily in it in high school. And was it, did your interest change, or was it always animals, or did you do any other, uh, you know, I know you've done some fantasy stuff, did, what was your topics, what was your motivation through uh, high school? Uh, I remember drawing uh, several Marvel characters, because I remember I had a button of Rogue that I kept. <laughs> <laughs> I liked making my own buttons. Oh, really? And yeah, and uh, I role played a lot, so I always drew my own characters. And I actually drew a lot of fantasy stuff then too. Yeah, my daughter just tried some D and D with her friends. She's uh, seventeen. I was thinking that's oh. that's cool because <laughs> I, I know there's a whole there's almost like a whole industry now. It seems around people rendering their their fantasy characters, their D and D characters, right? It's always been there. It's just. People are noticing it more now. Yeah, maybe with uh, with social media and everything else. Mm -hmm. So did you go to college for art? Yes. Illustration? Uh, I went to School of the Visual Arts and I got a BFA in illustration. What was your first kind of job after college? Did you go right into work at that point? or Not right away, but uh, let's see. I went to Agents of Gaming. It was a role-playing company. They did Babylon 5. Okay. I did some interior artwork for them. Awesome. I think about that time I also won a wizard's contest, and I got to draw some of Lady Pendragon. Oh. So that was my first comic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how long ago was this? Around 2000. Okay. 2001, so, somewhere, somewhere in there. So you've been working professionally for a couple of decades on this. Were you always kind of contracted out, or did you end up doing your own pieces that you sold or sold prints of, or how did that work for you? When I worked at the company, it was all just stuff for them, but eventually, after that, I started doing freelancing work. It worked out a lot easier once I got an agent, and they started helping me get into uh, different contract stuff. Okay. And I know, like, you do a lot of bunnies. <laughs> we, we can't talk without talking about the bunnies is that a particular i don't know if i need to ask why you do them but they're they're incredible and uh, you know i think is that something you've always been doing is that can you talk about your bunnies 
uh, I'm not sure what to say about the body. <laughs> I just like drawing them. <laughs> it's it's so funny because there's I mean they're through your Twitter feed. They're everywhere, and they're always in such you know they're in mischief. But it's uh, it's so playful. Is this did it evolve from cats, <laughs> or you've like you've always been drawing bunnies? I was always bunnies were something I was always comfortable drawing. So when I wanted to do something that I was uncomfortable in, I would draw bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've been doing this for two decades. Is this been is it's like when you when you work, do you still end up? On your, you know, with your evenings and your weekends, do you still end up sketching and drawing? Is or do you do you find it hard? I always find it interesting to hear about that. You know, if this is your job that you do during the day, what like do you still do it in the evenings, in the weekends? The sketching or just art? I, I guess both. Like, do do you do you still find room that you need to be creating? That you need to be working on your own stuff, having worked on someone else's all day. Yeah, I feel a lot better when I do create stuff for myself, and I, I generally need to make time to do that more, because it makes me happier overall. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty much creating all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm working on a book right now, I had to stop to <laughs> film. <laughs> and so, when the stuff that we see on Instagram and Twitter, is that part of projects that you're working on, or is that your fun stuff? It's generally stuff I can share okay. until the book comes out, because if I wasn't just sketching things for me, I wouldn't be able to share much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's always interesting with people working professionally as illustrators. The stuff that we see is not the stuff you're working on, right? We tend right. to see that through different channels. And uh, it's, I, I just think it's such a, you know, if, if you, people read the books that you've created or illustrated, and then see your feed, it's it's quite a different, I'm not going to say completely different, but it, it, it is a different kind of story that you're telling with both. And uh, that's what I think is so compelling about things like Instagram and Twitter, is uh, getting kind of almost behind the curtain sometimes of, of the work that you're doing. So I think that's pretty cool. That's true. So the, the one thing I wanted to talk about as well, uh, with regard to some of the work you've done, is um, there was this movie, The Biggest Little Farm. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> We just watched that, and I thought it was wonderful. And uh, you did a book around that, right, called Saving Emma the Pig? Yes. <laughs> and can you talk about that experience? Like, how did you make that connection in, in working with them on that book? Oh, geez, my agent wrote me on that one. I was like, do you want to take a test? I'm like, yeah, I want to take a test. What am I taking a test for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> And so a test means what? Is that, do they ask you questions? Do they, do you submit a bit they of work? They usually ask me to draw something in a specific style. Okay. Uh, sometimes a specific style, sometimes they just ask you to draw it. And so it's like, draw this. Uh, no other pointers. No other pointers. <laughs> okay. Um, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened with this and they were happy with what you did? Yeah, they really liked it. Which is funny because I think it was a drawing and a Copic thing and everything I did for them was painted. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, I mean, the, the drawings in the book are fantastic. Is there, um, did you, did you ever meet them or was it all just done through uh, I talked to him over the phone. So that was really nice. I usually don't get to talk to the writers, so. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I was going to ask yeah. you if you visited the farm, but I'm guessing that didn't happen, correct? 
I, I know, I know. I'd love to go to the farm. It looks so nice in all the photos. And everything. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a beautiful like, and the the film is incredible. The uh, and the book is fantastic as well. It's um, it's a it's a really wonderful story, and I it I this is exactly this kind of stuff that I would see you doing, uh, having seen all your works. I think it was just it was wonderful. I was really happy to support it. Yeah, it was. It's a well told story, and uh, it was it was so funny because I didn't make the connection. I think I knew in my mind that you had done the book, and then they talked about Emma the pig in the movie. And it's like, wait a second, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's the, the book that Jennifer worked on. Hold on, pause, pull up my iPhone, did a search. It's like, oh, it is. Um, so that was kind of cool. I, I think I've had one or two other people tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, yeah, because I think we're, you and I were still back and forth about trying to figure out a time, and it was like, okay, I just it has to happen soon now because I just saw the movie. <laughs> so uh, I think that was great. D- is there? So that was a obviously there was an important bit of uh, a good story with that. It was very compelling. Uh, it was good to work on. Do you have other memorable pieces that you've worked on that you think I, I really enjoyed that experience? I, I mean, it's going to be hard because we're going to leave some people out. But uh, do you want to talk about some of the projects that you've worked on? Um, some of the ones that really made a difference to me art wise, mm-hmm. uh, was like the bunny general, the comic that I put online. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like a shift in how I perceived things at that point. Same for the three musketeers and the rose archer, mm-hmm. because I, I find, um, if I approach things in a different way, have a different train of thought, I can usually break through and just improve my art in general ways. Like with the Three Musketeers, I took a gray, uh, I did it all in grayscale to start in pencil, and then I colored that. And so that was a different approach for me, which just really helped with my perception on how I finished projects and stuff. Do you worry sometimes about, uh, you know, veering away from what you've done for two decades? Do you you worry about that at all? Do you figure, I'm just going to, I'm going to try something new? Most of my approach has been to try something new, and it's <laughs> occurred cool. to me lately that I should probably not do. <laughs> I should probably try to refine my approach a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I'm like, oops. <laughs> well, this is what I, I wonder, like, if you, because you have a very distinctive style. When I see, I don't even have to see your name in Twitter, and it's like, oh, there's Jennifer posting wonderful <laughs> illustrations again. And and I just wonder, when you get to the level that you're at, do you... Uh, like, how do you struggle with, you know, I want to try something different, I want to do something different, but I don't want to disappoint people. And uh, the fact that you have that approach, it seems is, you're okay with that, right? Yeah, I'm pretty okay with it. (laughs) I worry now and then, because people do get disappointed when I don't post rapids, so I'm like, uh, (laughs) I draw other things too, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that, uh, and, and I just, I harp on the rabbits because I just I, I want to be able to do them as well as you. So I look at that and I think I just I need to try and move away from realism and explore this a little bit. I tried to do that with Inktober, but uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to to kind of develop the voice uh, that you have through the characters and and the way they act and how playful they are and just weaving everything together. Though you know you've got a lot of illustrations with kind of flowing robes and scarves and things like that and I, just the way you render that it's so soft uh, you can feel kind of the breeze uh, it's it's wonderful 
Thank you. I wanted to ask you about your process uh, because you were talking oh, about sure. Copic and that. So at this point in time, do you have a kind of regimen or regular process that you go through when you're illustrating? Are there stages and, and how do you do that uh, in, in working, you know, doing the work that you do? For illustration? Mm-hmm. Well, usually I'll do uh, thumbnails, which usually I don't really share with people because they're somewhat illegible. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll go to the rough stage, which is usually the point I'll share with people. (laughs) And I try to get that down to one or two to show. You share that with whoever you're working for? Whoever, Yeah, whoever the client is at this point. Sometimes I get clients that can read my thumbnails, and I love that because I'll show you like all 10 or 20 ideas. It's like, I, I thought of this or this or this or this or this. <laughs> <laughs> and are you doing it on paper? Are you doing it digitally? How are you drawing at this point? I prefer usually to do it on paper because I have a different response to paper than I do in the computer. Okay. It's very interesting to me, but that happens. So, do you do, so you work with both? Yeah. Okay. And, what is what do you feel is the difference for you between paper and and working on the computer? Uh, like why would you would you look at a I project just, and think I got to do this one on paper? Uh, yeah, usually um, sometimes because the way my hand works, sometimes I can get a different response out of a pen or a pencil than I can out of just right on the computer. It'll look similar, but it won't be the same. Right. And do you think part of it is is how it makes you feel? Do you feel better drawing on paper than digital, or does that play into it at all? Mm, sometimes. Like, I accidentally found a scrap of paper. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and I inked um, a piece on that, and that was like, it was like on butter. It was cloud nine for inking. I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> oh, I've, I've run it into that. So <laughs> I loved it. It was the best thing. But... Oh, <laughs> you just can't walk into a store and say, "Can you find me this piece of white paper, please?" It's uh, when you find that right paper, that right sketchbook. It's you know you have to almost go buy five of them. Uh, right, but it was just some scrap of paper I had in the bag. I was like, "Oh, uh, oh no, this is the perfect paper. What is it?" <laughs> right. So you you do the sketches, you do inking as well. So the sketches, if uh somebody's happy with what you're working on do you uh, do you ink? i'll either ta- i'll either take it to a drawing or an ink depending on what they want for the finished product okay and what are you using to ink uh copic sp okay pens okay because i think for the people listening you know they're always curious about oh, what what does she use for this and that everybody wants to know what tools right, right? so let's see i have the copic multiliner sp point zero three Point one and point five. Cool. No, point zero five. That's it. Not point five. That would be humongous. <laughs> <laughs> and so those are your primary uh, inking pens, right? Do you, have you ever worked with uh, you know fountain pens or uh, calligraphy pens or anything, or is this? Yes, I've worked with them, and I've worked with brushes. Okay. And I tend to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just. Doesn't work for me and carpet and well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I tend to stick to pens. Well, that's I mean, it's it's what you do, right? Like that's you you find your groove, and I think that's what people need to understand is there is no this is the only way to do it. 
because some people right. will say you have to use a brush pan or you have to you have to use a dip pan or whatever the case but i mean there are many artists using you know copic or micron or whatever the case and they do lovely line work i would love to do some brush pen work but man you cannot leave me with <laughs> inkwell <laughs> and my carpet i used to do scratchboard and oh my goodness once this Oh, it fell on the ground and I put it between my toe and my toenail. I left a blood trail all the way to the bathroom. It was amazing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's uh I find even brush pans, it's so hard to find one that's uh that's stiff enough. Like because the bristles, if they're too soft, it just flattens out so easily. And so I finally found one. That's true. That uh I think is stiff enough. But you know, it, it depends on your touch too, right? As to how Right how uh, gentle you can be with all of that, but it's it's an art. It's all an art. Um, oh, yeah. And so you do some brushwork, and then I, like, do you do, if there's an injection of color, is that uh, is that acrylic? Is that watercolor? Is it gouache? It's actually all in Photoshop. Oh, is it? Okay. So you yeah. you do the inking, you, you do the pencil, and then you would do an ink, and then you import it into Photoshop. And, Correct. And that's where you in, inject the color into it. Right. Cool. And are you using... Uh, like a Wacom or some kind of tablet when you're doing that, or is it? I have a Cintiq. Oh, okay. I used to use a Wacom. I I liked how it sat in your lap. I think I sat a lot straighter when I had that. <laughs> so you must <laughs> spend much better. You must spend quite a bit of time in front of your computer then, because I would like in a project. Is that the majority of your work, or is it? I mean, is it the concept sketches first? Ah, uh, yeah, the concept sketches come first, and and do they take more time than the uh, the actual computer work and working with the colors and all that? Only if the idea isn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you is everything when it comes to color? All of your color is done through the Cintiq and the computer, or do you do any um, I, physical media? I have done watercolor and Copic, but I haven't done it for finished product. Well. No, I did some for, come to think of it, Fisher-Price had me do some concept art for them, and I did theirs in Copic Marker. Okay. And I mean, it must be so much easier for you working in this industry to be able to do it on the computer, and then that's how you send things out, and um, you don't have to worry about scanning or anything like that, right? I would think that's probably the norm for many illustrators at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Do you work with others, or is it just... So if there is a... um, an author, let's say, saving Emma the pig, would there okay. would there be more than one illustrator on a project, whether it's that or a comic book or something else? Um, yes, there have been. Uh, I've been the interior artist, and there's been an artist on the cover, and I have been like, there's been anthology projects where they have multiple artists doing comic book pieces. Okay, so it's not unusual to have multi artist and a comic book right and and who coordinates that is that the um the publishing company who coordinates the the artists and making sure that everyone's on board and in the same direction it's all that? usually the publishing company although sometimes if it's like a um a publishing house that is doing a graphic they might pick up a team you know they won't put the team together right. but uh if you're talking to a regular comic book company mm-hmm. then yeah they might assemble the team that's usually pretty common there okay normally when uh, i deal with clients i try to look at it more as a puzzle to see if there's an option that will make both them and me happy okay but sometimes you know 
just do what they want. <laughs> they write back and go, that needs to be blue. You make it blue. <laughs> and I guess that's the advantage in working in, uh, in Photoshop. <laughs> it's easy to, to turn it back and, and off you go. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. It gets interesting. <laughs> like they said, throw in two more people. I go, okay. <laughs> Once a client goes, okay, that can't be a Labrador. It needs to be a German pointer. Oh, German Shepherd. That was it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it can't be a Labrador. It needs to be a German Shepherd. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you would hope this is early on in the process, not... Uh... Actually, no, that was at the very end. Oh, it no. was a continuity issue. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> They're like, is this a problem? I'm like, uh, let me look at the picture. Okay, no, it's not. I can just pe- pop that out, draw a new one, and pop it in. Eh, okay. <laughs> so do you do all your sketches and line work on paper first? Do you do any of that with the Cintiq? I was trying out a new style. The um, jackalope picture I have online, mm-hmm. the one girl with the big antlers and the giant rabbit next to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that style is done completely in the computer. And I find it a lot faster and it's a more relaxing style for me because I just sort of move things around until it works. <laughs> Rather than uh, relying on pencil in whatever the case. I didn't really plan much with those. It's just like, uh, and we're done. <laughs> but uh, with everything else, they're very planned. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll do most of those by hand first. Okay. I'm going to have to, uh, I'll include a link to that as well. That's cool. No, I think I had. Uh... But yeah, it's it's great to try a new thing because I think you really grow when you try something outside of your current way of thinking. Even if it's just like looking at it a different way. Like, say, you're used to drawing fantasy books. I tried drawing mystery book covers or. Uh, just jumping industries usually takes a different way of thinking. So, like, I came from product art into children's books, and uh, the way everything works is radic- radically different. Right. <laughs> so even, uh, so it's not just a matter of switching medium mediums necessarily, it's a matter of uh, refocusing that way as well. I mean, I think right. even as with me, Starting into this now, I, uh, you know, I've been drawing a lot of birds. Okay. And uh, somebody suggested I, uh, it's one of these Instagram things where someone tags you and you're supposed to draw an orange. And I thought, well, an orange in my style would be a graphite orange because I'm doing a lot of graphite now. But the intent was I was supposed to draw it with my finger in the Instagram story. <laughs> so okay. so I'm, I'm halfway into drawing an orange with graphite. And... Uh, it's fine because I haven't drawn fruit before. And so it's it's a small step, but it's one of those things where, you know, I typically do this, but now I'm drawing an orange. Um, same as I tried drawing, you know, people um, and, and, you know, shapes, you know, ballet dancers and things where you can see the muscles and that kind of stuff. And I hadn't done that before. Uh, so maybe people can try a little bit more of that to bring them outside of their comfort zone a little bit. It's hard because I think, and you know, I had a previous guest on. Like when you have a lot of followers, it, I don't know if that feels like it's, it's holding you back in changing what you do. Is it? Are you worried about losing followers ever? I think I usually get worried when, like, say, a whole slew of them drop off. 
Right. <laughs> it's like, wait, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, it doesn't impact your decisions and what you do. Uh, yeah, not really, no. I mean, it's good to be independent that way, right? And be focused on what you're doing. Uh, not worry about others. I think most of the people that follow me know that I tend to just do different things <laughs> here and there. So um, I think a few of them might drop off because I'd surprise them because they hadn't been following me a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think if you, I mean, you're pretty consistent in what you've done and I think it's all wonderful and uh, people should definitely follow you because it's, as I say, especially through uh, the challenges we have these days, it's its wonderful to see it pop up in my uh, in my Twitter and my Instagram feed for sure. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all stuff I've never kind of explored before. So I, I'm finding this all very interesting as to uh, how you do your work and how you interact with the clients. And, you know, the other bit I think with this is how do you manage? Well, I guess I have two questions. I'll ask this one first. Um, when you're working on a client, you know, for a client, you're working on a piece. Is it hard, be, you know, submitting something like, you know, everybody's accepted you're doing the project you're working on. You submit something you've spent some time on, and they're like, no. <laughs> That's not what we were thinking. How is that? I mean, I don't know if it happens often. Is that hard to manage? How do you get around that bit? Usually, I just try to figure out what they're thinking at that point. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you need to be a tad bit psychic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... If you can anticipate their needs, you're better off. <laughs> Do you think that you've maybe gotten better over the, you know, over a couple of decades at, at trying to understand what they're expecting? Like I would think, like for me, I would, you know, if I did something and they asked me to draw a unicorn and I drew a unicorn and they're like, that's not the one we wanted. It's like, but I love this one. <laughs> Why don't you want this one? <laughs> Do you run into that? Where, and, and how do you manage not feeling hurt about that? Do you? It's. You're hired to draw their unicorn. Right. <laughs> it's not your unicorn, it's their unicorn. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> I guess you can always shelve it in, in your, uh, like, you could, you know, render that differently in the future then, right? That becomes something you've drawn and something you could tap into. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I drew a merhorse once that I thought would be really pretty that got scrapped and I, I've never gotten around to drawing it. It would be white and floating and lots of fish. It would look absolutely gorgeous. But they wanted something in red, so eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to see merhorse. <laughs> so <laughs> bunnies are great, but merhorse would be uh, would be cool. And so the, the the other question then around that is when you're uh when you're working on these projects, do you ever struggle with inspiration? Do you ever struggle with you know, getting those ideas, getting those characters. Is there a routine? Is there something that you do? Are there, you know, how do you find your inspiration to, to get those ideas out? Do I struggle? It's happened when burnout occurs. That's not fun. But besides that, no, it, it usually goes okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to a point, was there, has it always been like this through your career or did, was it earlier or was, sorry, was it harder earlier on? And trying to get that inspiration? No, it's no? harder now during like burnout times when you don't give yourself enough time to recover and like go out and be inspired by the world and music and nature and just museums and everything. If you work too much and don't get enough sleep and don't eat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, burnout just sort of 
it really is not a good place. Yeah, I've heard that from a few illustrators that it it can get uh, it can catch up with you fairly quickly, and yeah, it's it's hard. Um, it's a hole you can slip into without realizing it. Right, and by the time you're you're deep in it, you you know it's uh, it must be hard to come out of that. Is there? Do you have? A recipe for yourself where you understand that oh i'm here now and i have to do this thing to get out of it sadly yes <laughs> <laughs> since i've been there already <laughs> <laughs> the thing i found is you sort of have to switch off <laughs> it's best to go like on a vacation but maybe like a week or something and make it a, a no decisions vacation <laughs> and would you still be drawing through that would you no. still be sketching or anything? No? No. Okay. No. Just completely cut off. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just sort of there trying to get some sleep <laughs> <laughs> and eat and, you know. <laughs> trying to take care of number one, right? So uh, Right. Yeah. You, you just go do new things right then. <laughs> do you think about when you're drawing your pieces, do you think about composition a lot or does that become natural for you as to where you place... It's natural for me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Composition's not something I ever actually thought too much about. Okay. I, I think about eye movement on the page, but I've not really thought heavily on composition. Yeah, I know I noticed that when I look at some of your work that you do and I guess it's unintentional, but or maybe there's some intention to it where you direct uh, you know, the flowing grass or a a staff that somebody's holding or whatever the case and it's it's all kind of directed and uh and even with the flowing robes you're trying to it's it's all a direction that you're pulling is is that is is there intention to that yeah usually um i will try to move the eye around the painting or picture using size or color or just pointing <laughs> right you know for me, it's like, you know, how do you draw this bit right? And I just, I think composition is such an interesting thing. And the fact that you do it the way you do it is, uh, I think some of, it's something that many of us aspire to do. Like I'm coming to art, at, you know, quite late in life. And for me, it's still just a hobby. But that the composition bit, I think some people are really strong about how to do it right and how you're doing it wrong. And uh, I, I think that you're doing it right because it does... It's enjoyable to look at some of the pieces because you you do you you do find that you're looking through the whole the whole painting and exploring it, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, if you can use yeah color, object size, and just sometimes you know even it, it's just a lot of stuff I've done so much that I don't really think too much about it. Right. So, have you ever taught anybody how to illustrate or how to do some of the work that you do? Mostly. If I've taught, it's generally answering questions or encouraging people to do things. Okay. I, I'm not really... I think teaching is a, a underappreciated arts a skill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it requires a lot of patience. <laughs> and it's there's a lot of self-analysis, right? Like, you've got to be able to look at yourself differently and then tell that story. It's hard. Huh. Yeah. I, I don't really consider myself a teacher, but I, I like to try and help. Okay. <laughs> so if I, I, I'll try to answer questions, but if I help, great. 
And I noticed that you're you were commenting. Uh, I think it's on Twitter. I guess it must have been Twitter. Uh, that you're watching. It looks like a fair bit of anime lately. Is that something that's? Oh, I've always watched anime since I was little. <laughs> <laughs> something my family always watched. Is there is there a particular uh, series or movies that you enjoy more than others, or is it? Um, are you pretty open as long as it's anime? I'll usually check it out, see what's new if I can. Okay. Right now, I think I'm watching Doctor Stone, ID Invaded. I can't say. Is it Bofuri? Ah, oh, it's the one with Maple in it. She's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't even say the name. It's it's fine. I could not do it either. So <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Uh, Demon Slayer sells at work. They're they've all been really great. <laughs> hmm, the unfortunately named Toilet Bound Hanaku Kun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to check some of these out. I haven't watched anime in uh, quite some time, I think. And uh, it's it's so hard because there's so much of it, and I don't want to watch, you know, a bad anything, right? And, uh, <laughs> Time is, you know, we only have so much time, and I just don't want to watch a bad movie. So, uh, All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to flip back through your Twitter feed and and uh, take on some of the stuff you've been watching because if you've been doing it since you were a kid, then I'm sure you're watching the good stuff. Uh, yeah, I I gotten sort of good at picking out the um uh fan service. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and the other thing that you talked about recently too was um you mentioned that there was a book you wanted to illustrate about animal myths. Like that's something oh, you'd yeah. want to do. Sorry, I caught on that. I would think that would be really. So, so what is it about animal myths that you think uh, you would like to do? Is it? Is there certain myths? Is it, are you thinking of a few characters when you when you see that? Oh yeah, I have some character ideas for um, a couple books, but I don't want to go into. That well, no, I'm not going to ask you for details. <laughs> okay. Are you thinking within North America? Or are you thinking even outside of North America as well? I like the ones out of Japan a lot. Okay. Uh, uh, Asian myths are great. Uh, I just heard about the 400 drunk bunnies. I, I'm not sure where that's from. I have to look that back up. Oh, okay. There's some bunnies out of India with horns. They sound really cool. <laughs> the, the ones out of Germany with the wings and the antlers also sound neat. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I love the jackalope. Yes. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I just... I I really wish there was a, like just a book on world myths of different animals, you know. Right. So everybody could be introduced to what all the different animal types are and different mythologies and beliefs around the world. That that would be so awesome. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think there's enough of that uh, enough of that out there. And uh, so, would you target like children for this, or would it be adults, or a mix of both, or? Who would you think? I could see it going either way, but honestly, I'd love to do a super cute book with like a bunch of baby animals. <laughs> it would be adorable. <laughs> so cute. I hope we can see that. I, <laughs> I hope somebody catches this and thinks, that's a great idea. I'll help you fund it. Um, maybe that's a Kickstarter idea, right? So, yeah, be. yeah. What excites you about what you do? Like, what is it? Like when you get up in the morning and you start your workday, what is it about what you're doing as an illustrator that kind of keeps you moving forward? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like telling stories and I just really like to draw and I enjoy making people happy. Yeah, I think, I mean, you get so much feedback through Twitter. It's amazing. And is that what feeds you? 
um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Not really. you enjoy, uh, I mean, you enjoy drawing itself, but you enjoy kind of the, you know, making people happy through some of the stuff that you've done. Yeah. Is there something that you haven't tried that you want to do beyond like a, you know, content related? Is there a media or something that you want to explore that you haven't done yet? Oh, I'd love to draw stuffed animals, just design stuffed animals. I think that'd be super cute. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, working for a company that makes stuffed animals and be able to just create them and they'll go off and cut them out and stuff them and they'll be your creations kind of thing? Yeah, that'd be so cute. <laughs> huh. Maybe that should be along with the Animal Myths Miss book, right? <gasps> that would be adorable. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> It could be the uh, the you know the equivalent of I don't know teenage mutant ninja turtles or something for for the twenty twenties <laughs> right <laughs> a book a whole line of characters maybe some kind of uh, show out of it that would be fun is there something that you kind of wish you knew twenty years ago uh, that you know now that you think would have helped you in your journey finish your pictures more <laughs> bring a more tour of the finish uh, business. Oh my goodness, learn more about business. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I, a lot of artists don't do that bit, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know some vague stuff, but I'm so bad with it. That's part of the reason I got an agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's it's it. It's like, if, do paperwork. I just want to draw. <laughs> yeah. Has there been a piece of advice that you've received? that uh, you, you consider maybe the best advice, whether it's from your agent or another artist, a mentor? Um, it was at a seminar up in New York. A person said, you have 10,000 bad drawings in you, and you need to get them out of you as fast as possible. And the better you get, the less the bad drawings will come out. <laughs> wow. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to have to get drawing as soon as we get off the call. <laughs> yeah, so you it's just like, you know, when you start, you got a lot of bad drawings coming out. You'll get So, you know, you'll have bad days. It'll happen. It's just one of those 10,000 bad drawings are coming out. Right. So, you know, put it aside, go on, do something good now. Do you think because I have a lot of listeners who are um later in life, you know, older, maybe looking to explore art. Do you have any recommendations for them when it comes to illustration and getting into it? Is there um, anything you would suggest to them if they're coming late into it? They don't have a degree um, in fine art, but they want to explore it a little bit. Any thoughts on how they could get into this or how they could explore it? Normally, I say draw every day. That's just if you want to keep at it. But um, if you're just doing it for fun, I would honestly just figure out what makes what excites you. And try different approaches to see what works for you. Because art has a lot of different aspects, and not everything's going to work for you. It's, you just need to know what, what you respond to and makes you happy to work on it. Cool. And so this, this is going to come out of left field here for you, but I think you're the perfect person to ask this question. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a chance to have lunch with a fictional person, <laughs> You're not gonna like this answer. <laughs> Who would it be? <laughs> uh Terry Pratchett's death. <laughs> oh. Nice. 
So do you want to explain that so people would know if they if they do not already? It's he's just a really fascinating character. <laughs> I was always fascinated by his books and everything, uh, and anytime death came in, I always picked those up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I think I'm happy with that answer. <laughs> okay. So, and this goes back to what we were talking about before, people coming into this later in life. If if you had a little bit of homework that you would recommend, you know, beyond kind of drawing every day, is there something specific that you think people could try? to help move kind of their drawing game forward? Well, let's see. Some people tried the drawing the masses techniques, where you just draw like the big... Some people focus too hard on details, where you should be drawing the big overall feel of the character. Okay. Other times, people respond to drawing the line of action. Like, if you drew a, a line through a person, you see how they're moving. Okay. I responded well to that one. Other people like contour drawing. It's just put your pen on the paper sort of thing and try to draw without removing the pen. <laughs> I have tried that. That is really hard. It is very hard. <laughs> and try doing it life drawing wise. That's fun. <laughs> no person in coffee shop. Stop moving. <laughs> That's right. Do you do you draw um do you draw people and landscapes in that as well? I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now I'm doing landscapes, but there are animals in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I've looked at some of your landscapes. It's. I, I just. I don't know. I, do you do you have a thought of what you're doing when you start, or does it evolve as you're as you're building it out? Just by drawings in general, or, or I, I think maybe more so the landscapes, because I think there's there's so much involved there. You know, with all the shapes, the colors, the textures, and the light. Is that something you uh, you spend a bit more time planning than you would a character or, or a couple of characters in a scene? Everything's probably different, but um, sometimes uh, it's just like the composition thing where you have things move around. You know, right. And so you would draw something, and, and you would feel maybe a tree needs to go over here. Is it Does it evolve that kind of way as well? Occasionally, yeah. Uh, I, I'm big on the framing technique, where you put large objects up front. Okay. I really like that. You can see it in some uh, older paintings, where they'd have like curtains or like a chair right up front. Right. It helps push the perspective. Right. And so you've got kind uh, of a, a foreground, mid-ground, background... Yeah, well you can do the foreground, midground, background technique that usually sets things up well. I've always wanted to do more concept artwork. I always thought that would be really great. So concept for you know movies. Yeah, TV, I, I just like drawing characters. Okay, and it's not something I've had the chance to do. So I, I always thought that would be really great. I had a concept artist on the show a while back. He's done. Uh, I think he just finished the. Well, he finished a while ago, but Star Trek Discovery. Oh, uh, awesome! You've worked on that, and uh, it's um, yeah. He, I think he did it and a couple of this as well. I think it would be, uh, it would be cool. Is that is that a a dream of yours to kind of do some concept work, or is it just something you haven't done yet that you feel that you want to try? Or it's more of that. Um, my dream is more to do uh, illustrate my own stories. Do you think that's going to happen soon? Do you? Do you... Oh, I hope so. Okay. I'm starting to write pitches to. Starting to work on my own pitches. 
So do you think? I think I'm just nervous about writing. <laughs> right. I, it's the drawing is. Um, yeah, that's probably going to be the easy part. Do you think you're going to be a tough customer when it comes to doing your own drawings? <laughs> I'd probably be fine if I was just doing a wordless book. <laughs> I'd be just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so would you- I'm not really worried about the drawings. <laughs> <laughs> and would you do like a comic book or would you do a graphic novel or a, like a kid's book? What would you uh, I think you're interested I in? I have a few ideas for a, a board book. A couple picture books, and I'd like to do either a graphic novel or a graphic novel middle grade type uh, take. Okay. Where it's sort of heavily illustrated uh, middle grade Mm -hmm. with some graphic novel like elements in it. I'm seeing stuff like that start to appear, and uh, I really enjoy it when I find it, but I haven't seen too much of it lately. I'd love to see you do some of that stuff. You know you'd have a lot of fans if you <laughs> right behind you if you ventured into that territory. I think we wouldn't see it till it was out, though, right? Do you have Hopefully, yeah. so? Do you have some books coming out? Uh I just had uh, two books just came out. It's by uh, W. Bruce Cameron from A Dog's Purpose. Okay, and it's Lily to the Rescue and Lily to the Rescue: Two Little Piggies. So you get to see more drawings of pigs by me. <laughs> That's cool. Piggies! <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to include links to uh, all of those in the show okay. notes so that people can follow along and purchase them wherever they, uh, good books are sold. And where can <laughs> people find you? www.jennifer-meyer.com Okay. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I'm working on my YouTube channel. I hadn't been working on that in years because I was just too busy with moving and everything else. <laughs> okay, well, I'll include, uh, I'll include notes to all of those so people have a way to, to find you and follow you. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer L. Meyer, for coming on to the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, It's been inspiring. It's so nice to put a voice behind such uh, delightful and playful characters and wonderful illustrations. So I know that uh, the listeners will really enjoy kind of some context now around uh, the person who's responsible for these uh, wonderful images that we see all the time. So thank you once again for making the time available. It was great talking to you. Show notes, including links to everything Jennifer and I spoke about, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 23. You can find links to all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm, including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Henley, where I post all my art. Follow me or tag me so I can see what you've created recently. Until next time, be kind to one another, check in on your friends and family, and keep drawing. The music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod.